Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49 Faithful UK show. Very sadly this week, we're going to start off with a little bit of bad news. Uh, over to you, Paul, for that. Yeah, so I found out uh, earlier today, chaps, that my good friend Dan Harris from Let's Talk Sport has sadly lost his fight and has passed away. He had put a message out a couple of weeks ago to say he was stepping away due to ill health. I think everyone will join me in passing our thoughts and condolences to his friends and family. He's been a big part of my story and other members in the group. That said, Dan did want his legacy to live on. And I know he, more than anybody, would be super hyped to see us getting ready for the watch party and to look forward to the Browns. So on that note, we are dedicating this um, episode to Dan. And I just want to say that Let's Talk Sports will live on. And he has left a long-lasting legacy that I'm sure we'll all still continue to support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, not the way we wanted to start the show, but important, uh, I think, to, to to mention the contribution uh, that he's made, certainly to you, Paul, and, and to to us in promoting the show. Um, fantastic to see. It's going to be a big loss. Yeah, most definitely. Mm. So, week six, so, uh, undefeated Niners head over to Cleveland to take on the two and two Browns. Uh, while we were busy battering the Cowboys, uh, just had to mention that again, uh, the Browns <laughs> enjoyed their bye week and will be looking to kickstart a fairly unimpressive so far season. Um, so seeing the Niners is probably the last thing they need. Uh, the game, of course, is also the focus of the 49ers London watch party. Um, so I'm sure many of you out there have been really looking forward to this game for some time. Uh, I'm Gareth Ellis and still glowing from the crushing of the Cowboys. It is Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. Paul Hope. What's up, Fairfall? And Najee Kawar. Hello, everyone. Have you been enjoying the coverage this week, lads? It's uh, it's been good to see a lot of Niners stories um, sprinkled in with a lot of uh, Cowboy stories as well. Um, it's been a, <laughs> been a good week, I think, for coverage. Anything yeah. particularly yeah. catch eye on that? I want uh, to say I think the NFL should have given George a pass on his birthday. I found out earlier that he's been fined $10,927 for his... That shirt. I mean... Hang it in the Louvre, Nadji. Hang it in the Louvre. <laughs> I think it's more the swear word that they're finding yeah, rather yes. than the That's message. What it um, yeah. It's the, the F word. Uh, it, the message, I think, the well, NFL agrees with. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you read the uh, if you if you read the report, it's because it's a personal message, and a lot of oh, people really? argue with him. Well, it's not really personal because everybody thinks the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, that's what it is. It's a personal message. So what was it? One hundred and twenty-five thousand. No, just t- just ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Nine hundred and twenty-seven dollars. But I'm sure if you ask George Kittle. Club 85 might have a whip around. I'm sure he'd spend that again and more. But uh, it's been interesting, <laughs> Gareth, to see our boy Brock get a lot of love and attention, not yes. just from Niners fans. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's that prime time the league has set up and took notice and, like, actually, he's, it's not just a fluke, is it? Uh, he hasn't crumbled <clears> under <throat> the mighty Dallas defence or the bright lights of Sunday night football. Um, he's actually can really play football well. So I think that has 
yeah, possibly change the narrative with a few people, but obviously some of his detractors are beginning to double down a little bit and thinking just, no, no, it's the system. And Mac Jones would do that. Well, yeah, some people have lot, the guts to say that. Jones, but yeah, you yeah. can do it. None of the other quarterbacks. I think. Can do. I think it's not just him playing really well on prime time, though. I think it's just more people listening to us, and you know, rightfully so. We've been saying it for a long time. It's bound to catch on. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. think there would be anybody more excited than any of us for until I saw Richard Sherman with Skip Bayless. That was yeah. awesome. And if you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it for you, but Richard Sherman has already gone up in my estimation just for that clip alone. It's so weird, isn't it, how much I hated him not that long ago. And now he's like, oh, he's fighting the fight for us. It's kind of cool. I like he's, it. He is acting like a sort of long time, like he'd had his whole career with the Niners. Yeah. And yeah. the Seahawks are just not mentioned whatsoever. Know, yeah. He's blank brief on his resume, so um, pretty funny. Good old Uncle Sherman. Anyway, <laughs> can, can we start with the injury report? It is that time of the season where the bumps and bruises do begin to build up. Uh, let's start with our opponents, the Browns. The Browns QB one is questionable uh, again. Hasn't played much this season. Uh, also questionable on the injury report is top pass rusher Miles Garrett and a pair of their offensive linemen, Ethan Pochich and Joel Bitonio. Um, I think didn't Podchitz play for the Seahawks? Or was that just someone with the same surname? Oh, could, be, could be completely wrong on that. Uh, I do believe that Miles Garrett will probably be playing, even though he is listed as questionable. And of course, the Browns did lose uh, top running back Bradley Chubb to uh, to a rather nasty injury a couple of weeks back. Uh, on the Niners side, Elijah Mitchell is inevitably questionable once again. Um, slightly better news, Aaron Banks, who left the uh, Cowboys game, is questionable, but apparently day-to-day with his bicep injury, and it does like appear that he has avoided any need to go on to uh, IR. Um, if he's unable to play, I think it's possibly sensible to to, to not um, put, put the pressure on him at this stage if he's carrying an injury. Looks like Joe Feliciano will, will cover as he did against uh, Dallas. I think we'll cover some of the uh, Browns injuries when we do the offensive and defensive scouting. Um, any concerns for you for, for Mitchell and uh, Banks? Should we start with you, Nagy? Um, Why is missing? I mean, Mitchell seems to be, again, I think... It's a recurring theme with him. It happens every year. Uh, this one's a little longer though, and it was, you know, pre <clears throat> during the preseason. He didn't really practice. He didn't have training camp, and then played one or two games, and then now he's gone again for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, worrying because he loses trade value by not playing. Uh, and I'm, I still think we should trade him <laughs> if we can, um, because Jordan Mason and CMC is all we need. Um, but yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Uh, there's not much word on it either. It's, there's no improvement or anything. So it's, uh, yeah. Banks, I, considering the job Feliciano did on Sunday, um, I wouldn't be too worried if he just took a game off just to make sure he's all right. But I would rather have him. Obviously, he's very good. So uh, yeah. But as you said, our bye week is quite a while away. So let's make sure we get everybody in shape for that and not rush people in if they don't need to. But it's, we definitely dodged a bullet here, so that's that's good news. 
No other thoughts on our our injured players? I, I think Nadji's kind of summed it up quite well there because I agree with everything you just said. Mm. And, and seeing it again is um, kind of a waste of time, isn't it? <laughs> really? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree with everything say, that Nadji's just said. Say no more. Say no more. <clears throat> Well, that teases up nicely for you. The Niners-Browns has hardly been much of a rivalry for the ages, uh, but now it is time to join Lee Gowland in Lee's History Corner and see if this match-up does have anything interesting to offer from the archives. Over to you, Lee. So you're right, it hasn't been much of a rivalry, but they do have quite a long history. The Browns and the 49ers were two of the original eight members of the AAFC back in 1946, the others being the New York Yankees, Brooklyn Dodgers, Buffalo Bisons, Miami Seahawks, Los Angeles Duns, and Chicago Rockets. Both the Browns and the 49ers were admitted to the NFL in 1950, and between 1950 and 1970, which was the merger year, the Browns actually won eight titles. They won the NFL in 50, 54, 55, and 64. But they've never had a Super Bowl win. And when you see the stats, that's all people talk about. They don't talk about the previous NFL championships. So they had eight titles to our five, and our five were all Super Bowl titles. So that's something we've got over them. The Browns actually lead the head-to-head 12-8. to eight. We've only actually played 20 times. Considering how long we've both been in the same league, that, that is amazing that we've only played each other 20 times. They've actually outscored us by 30 points over those 20 games. So it's it reasonably close, considering 30 points over 20 games. Um, on the 1st of December 1974, the Browns actually shut us out and give us a right battering 7 to nil. That game must have been horrendous to watch, unless it was two really good defences. Two, ca- two games have come down to one point with each team taking one win each. Other than that, there's no real history between the teams. There's no special games, anything like that. So we'll go over to the players who've played for both teams. And you'll never guess what. For, <laughs> no this, for the sixth week in a row, no way. No way. <laughs> to- top of my list is Ray Ray Armstrong. <laughs> Seriously, this guy. Honestly, I was joking last week when I said he'd played for all 32 teams. But now I'm he beginning to think have... he might have played for all 32 <laughs> teams. Just on it. Oh, so, I need a jersey. We need I to need fact a check this. Because Lee might just be sprinkling yeah. this in and nobody's oh, it questioning it about yeah. it. If, if it's not fake true, news, it's great. Fake news. <laughs> Some of the more well-known players. Jeff Garcia, good quarterback. Deshaun Gibson, who's with us now. Dante Whitner. He was a good oh, yeah. player for us both. Marquise Goodwin. Now, Marquise Goodwin, what, what was it? One or two seasons he was with us. He was with us two seasons. He had that first season where he, he played really well. He was kind of our only real target on wide receiver. And then the oh, second dear. season, he didn't particularly do that much. He, he had injuries after injuries, and we let him go. He had life issues as well, didn't he? Yeah, he had didn't life he? issues yeah. as well. Yeah. I think he lost a, lost a, an infant. Lost a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We also have Don Griffin, um, if you remember the the uh, team from the 80s, San Francisco. Um, he was a, a defensive back, so he's played for both teams. And, and I don't know why I knew this, but Max Runiger, the punter, 
So he played for us during the mid-80s from 84 up to 88, and he actually played for both teams. I think he only had two seasons at the Browns, um, but he had four years with us. Um, and the other one is possibly the best nickel cornerback I have seen play, and that was K1 Williams. He played for the Browns before he came over to ourselves. Oh, I forgot about that. And that is history corner. There isn't really much we can say about so the Browns. so weird. Two of the oldest team and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It's crazy, separate, isn't it? conferences, and we do seem yeah, to it's... know each other. We're, we're good when they're poor and, and perhaps vice versa. Uh, I did think we were we were going to face them in the perhaps Super Bowl twenty three twenty four. I think the Browns were going to back to back AFC Championship games at the time and getting beaten. I think they went to was it three in a row at that sort of time. They had a good team in the eighties. Lost to the Broncos. Lost to I think they lost to the Bengals as well. Obviously, so there could have been a rivalry there, but um, mm. it never quite was. So close. Mm. Should we learn a little bit more about the Browns and their offense? Magic, Chief Scout. Let's let's do the death chart. Oh no, no, it's not that one. That one for the people that are watching. Um Alright. Well, let's start by once again, the elephant in the room. I couldn't redact his name, but he's right there in red. I don't want to say it. Um but it looks like he's not gonna play. Um he's not practicing today. We're recording Wednesday because of work schedule and all that. Uh, but apparently he's not practiced today. After a bye week, that's probably likely that he's not going to play Sunday. And apparently DTR, we, which I really like, uh, played for UCLA. He was very good. Um, isn't has been benched essentially, I guess, and they've activated uh, PJ Walker of the practice squad, and he's taking uh, the reps. I practiced today anyway. That's what the the consensus seems to be. So that would lead to PJ Walker starting on Sunday. But as I said, it's only Wednesday. We'll see what happens Thursday, Friday. Uh, but that, it's a good indicator, I'd, I'd say, unless PJ Walker is really bad. Uh, that's that's who we're going to get. Any thoughts on... Let's not talk about this guy. Uh, we don't need to. Even if he plays, we can, we'll can. we deal with that later. Uh, do you guys... I mean... Afraid of PJ Walker and no, I've, I've you know. got to say, and I might be giving away something I'm going to say at the end with the predictions. But I looked at their offense, and I really struggled to see how they can even move the ball, never mind score points on us. I, yeah, I do. I, I looked I at it and thought, you know what? This this yeah. has a big win road all over it. But the thing is, the thing is, we've never ever won when there's been an official 49ers watch party in the UK. That's true. That's true, but it's a different year. So we different might year, be different time. Yeah, yeah, we might be. But, you know, um, yeah, I think the the one thing I'll look at, is if DTR does play, is, is a very mobile quarterback. And as we know, we tend to sort of struggle a little bit more than usual against those. Um, but I think, and... And that's my next point, is the fact that they're missing Chubb is just... I mean, we are getting very lucky with these injuries. Uh, I would, I don't like saying that. It feels like, you know, we're kind of demanding for it. But I'd, I would rather play against Chubb than not. Um, but every big player that we're about to face, Barkley and Chubb and uh, Jefferson in a, in a few weeks, um, they seem to go down just at the right time. And sometimes... You know, it's the luck of the draw, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, I think that's the big loss because if you don't have your starting quarterback, but you have your starting running back, at least you can lean on that and heavily go towards the run. And I think Chubb is a good enough running back that he could have hurt us potentially. Uh, but the fact that they don't have him and uh, Karim Hunt isn't even starting, as we can see, is the backup here. They've got Jerome, Jerome Ford, who missed last year completely with an injury. So that's basically a rookie playing running back. Um, I just, yeah, I'm like Huli. I just, I'm not quite sure how they're going to move the ball on us. Certainly not going to be through the air. Uh, I think our defense is a little too much for a PJ Walker and or a rookie QB. And it's probably not going to be on the ground because they're not that good anymore, unfortunately. Um, what do you guys think? Do you, do you think I'm wrong? Do you think Caramon still got something in the tank and can potentially hurt us? Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure about Kareem Hunt, but the, the only person on the whole offense that I'd be worried about would be Amari Cooper. Yeah, the receivers are, I think, pretty strong. Um, so Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I really like him out of Michigan. He really came on strong in the NFL and he's playing better. And I hope Ronnie Bell can have the similar career that he's having. Elijah Moore was uh, drafted in the first round, I believe, by the Jets. Um, so, you know, first round talent here, whether that's materialized or not, I think he was a bit of a divorce with the Jets and the way they were playing at the time. And he just wanted to get out of a bad situation, which is completely fair. And it just went in this one instead. Um, but yeah, I think they've got, they definitely got a good receiving call. Cedric Tillman is also very good of that Tennessee uh, team that, uh, scored 60 points a game a couple of years ago. Oh, last year, actually, last year. Um, they were very, very good, and Tillman was a big part of that. So I think if uh, who shall not be named was playing, um, I would that would be very scary, I think. Um, they would have had massive weapons, but the fact that they've got backup QBs, one of them is a rookie. The other one has been bouncing around the league for quite some time. Played in XFL, I think, as well. Um, doesn't really scare me at all. But, yeah, I agree. Amari Cooper is still good. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones can hurt you. Elijah Moore is kind of an unknown and the explosive guy. And then they've got the X-Factor with Cedric Tillman, I think, who could uh, take the top off as well. He's a big guy. He's super. He's like 6'8 or 6'7, something like that. Um, so that's that's their weapons. Uh, any anything you want to say about any of those guys? Anything that maybe I've missed before we talk O line? David and the Joker. When you, when, you look, when you look yeah, at that depth chart, you do think, well, actually, they've got weapons there. Mm -hmm. Why are they the thirty-first ranked offense? Yeah, I have a theory. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot about the tight ends. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Joker has been good. It's been. Not the best tight end in the league, but he's been definitely top 10, top 5, I would say, uh, consistently. But he's also questionable, I believe. He's, he was kind of an injury report, maybe. Oh, he's been banged, and, but he also kind of disappears at games. So, um, I'm not... He's got Fred on him. What, what are you going to do? It's Fred, you know? <laughs> you can't beat the guy. He's too good. So, I'm not... I've, I think that's the the main thing, and Whilst I talk about their raw line, uh, we can pivot to talking about our defense. But we're lights out at the moment after the Dallas game. And I don't think, I think you can put, 
one of the the guy on the Rich Eisen show said that uh, we would beat a Pro Bowl team, um, and I think he's right. Right now, anyway, I think he's right. If we play the way we played against Dallas, no one can score on us, and we will beat down people with our defense. Um, so I, I'm really not worried at all. I think you know uh, we still haven't seen much of Huff. I know Gibson is playing way better. Demolino has been solid. Uh, Ward had an amazing game against Dallas. That deflection that we we didn't really talk about, but the big there was a big play really early on, and he stuck his hand up, and that was ex- excellent coverage that could have you know changed the game had that been a completion. Uh, yeah, Oliver has been solid. Dare I say better than Jimmy Ward has ever been? Very easily, to be fair. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I had to. But he's already been more impactful than Jimmy Ward has ever been. So I, I, um, I, I, we can agree to disagree on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I'll keep taking digs at him because I, I really don't like him. But what's um, your thoughts? Yeah. What's your thoughts, Nadji? Sorry, on Stefanski, because I was surprised to see that he's been here four years now. And yeah. when you look at the tape, the offense has got worse since he started calling the players and. 49ers yeah. fans were lucky. We've got an offensive head coach in Shanahan who you can't question his play calling. But um, my good friend on the locker room rant is a Cleveland fan in there and he hates Stefanski. And he says he can't make the necessary adjustments in the game. He says if the Cleveland Browns are losing at half time, the offense isn't getting them back in the game. It's all in the defense. And that surprised me in the NFL given that he's had four seasons already. And I think his future's tied to he who shall not be named. But like Gareth said, you look at that depth chart then we all play fantasy football and you think oh i'd have him on my team oh he does all right but the play calling is why i feel like i've got nothing to worry about with our defense just thought what's your thoughts on stefanski no i think you're right i was kind of getting on to that i i think he's i think the browns not been the browns for so long he would have been gone already and they would have tried something else already. But I think they're just trying a different approach of sticking to something that's not been terrible because they've been okay. Um, they've been very close to, you know, potentially making the playoffs here and there. They've been better than the Browns of, you know, the past 10 years. So I think they're just trying a new approach and he's getting a little bit more of a lead than other coach may have had before him. Um, but I think... and. We can pivot to that. I don't think he's helped at all by his O-line. <laughs> we got a rookie tackle. Uh, we got now a center, and you were right, Gareth, uh, purchase from Seattle, as we can see here, um, which they sign is probably going to be out. So we got somebody that's taking reps that's not been there for a long time or as a backup, and we know that can do. And I think it starts up front, right? Um, our front four at the moment is so strong and so good they're just gonna make little breakfast of this all line uh you know bitonio has been in a league for what seems to be forever uh i don't think they're quite strong enough and having a rookie qb behind that that doesn't slide the protection when he needs to or you know that's not familiar with what they do it's gonna make their life a lot harder than it is um but yeah uh, ultimately i think they could be good um but it might take them some time, and unfortunately, they're playing us who are good, so uh, they're not going to get there uh, in time. And I agree with you, Lee. I think this could be quite ugly if it goes our way. Luckily, they're fresh. They've just had a bye, so they've had time to prepare for us. And they're at home, which is a little harder to travel across the country 
and so I think the 6.5 favorite in our uh, in terms of uh, what's it called the whatever scoreboard. The so, so that must have changed very recently because when I looked a couple of hours ago, it was 5.5, which I actually was can't it? understand that only 5.5. Yeah. I'm guessing it's the bye week effect and the. They know there's a watch party in London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's that's all I've got. Uh, unfortunately, it's hard to like pin down what they're trying to do because we don't even know who's going to play. And I think they're still trying to figure it out, losing Chubb. And they were a very heavy team, every running team. And they're trying to maybe metamorph themselves into something else. And I think if you look at their schedule and the, the scoring, they've sco- they, when they've won, they've won fairly easily and when they've lost it, it they got destroyed by a good defense i think the steelers have just destroyed them and that's why they lost and baltimore's a good defense and they they got absolutely destroyed so it's either they score a lot of points and they, they beat the titans and the bengals who aren't very good right now so um yeah that's that's all i've got i know it's a, it was a little bit confusing negligible piggly but that's basically the Browns offense. Not quite sure what they're going to do. So there we go. I'll stop talking. I feel like I talk for like 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's your scouting, uh, scouting section. Thanks for that, Najee. That's good. Uh, good You're welcome. And, um, must admit, it's, they're not a team I pay that much attention to. No, I mean, um, so looking at the names, you think, oh, that's that's where he is these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly well, what I thought. <laughs> beautifully balancing out and complementing their 31st ranked offense is they are, in fact, the number one ranked defense, which I don't quite see how that works. For two and they two, played both teams. That's that's but, why. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at NFL.com to see who's the number one ranked defense. Yeah, yeah. The number one DVOA, to be fair, they're the really? most offen- right. they're effective defense. But again, they played the Bengals, who really stink right now for some reason, or did anyway, week one. And then they played the Titans, and I can't remember who else. Uh, the Steelers and the Ravens and Baltimore. Mm. Yeah, and the Ravens, mm. and they got destroyed by the Ravens playing a half strength. So None of them are particularly potent offences at the moment. So, uh, uh, Paul, uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, what's what's Brock and the boys going to have to come up against on uh, Sunday? Well, as you've alluded to there, chaps, um, the London curse, as my friends are calling it, they were giddy (laughs) as anything when they found out we had another watch party and the reference what Lee (laughs) said. And you're right, Nadji, they beat the Bengals 24-3. Now, normally... I'd, I'd not look into that too much, Gareth, but it was week one. Burrow had just been paid. The Bengals were well fancied. Now, I'll touch upon what they did in that game. They then lost to the Steelers, who we absolutely blew out, and that was a close game, 22-26. They then beat the Titans 27-3, which seemed very random, and then they lost 28-3 to the Ravens. So given they've come into this bit bullish that they're the number one defence in the league... But the Ravens beat them by such a score. But if you're into your stats, that's where I'm going to start. Coming off a week four bye, which has allowed Garrett a bit of extra time with that ankle injury. I do think we still see him on Sunday. He is their superstar of the defence. And it feels a little bit deja vu, Gareth, this time last week. I had all non-Niners fans telling me Micah Parsons was coming into Levi Stadium. Replaced the name this week. I'm being told Miles Garrett is the defensive player of the year. But they actually do top the league, chaps, in defensive efficiency. They've allowed the fewest yards per game. They've allowed the fewest yards per play. They've allowed the fewest points per drive. And they're actually really good on stopping the offense on third down, 
which is something to watch out for because I think we've been pretty good on third down this season. Now, they have got a new defensive coordinator. So, Lee, I may test your knowledge here. Jim Swartz, I believe he was a Super Bowl winner with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. He was. Yeah, he, he was the one that had the beef with uh, Jim Harville. He was. Over the handshake. He was. Now, right. at this point, you've got to consider that they've improved so far from what they were last year. They were ranked 19th in efficiency last year, Nadji. And at the moment, they're ranked number one. So it's only four or five games in the season, but it's something to be aware of. They have been quite dominant, Gareth. Opposing QBs have had a QBR rating of 31.5 when facing the oh. Cleveland Browns this year, which is the lowest in the league. Their most notable star is Miles Garrett, but also their cornerback, Denzel Ward. He's no um, slouch in that backfield. And some Cleveland Browns fans have told me that they're arguably playing the best football of their Pro Bowl careers. So the defence is where your Browns fans are very bullish at the moment, Gareth. They're not focusing on the offence. It's all defence. Now, Swartz has put in a very similar spirit to what we had under Salah. When you go and watch the game tape, a lot of their defensive stars, they're all celebrating with each other. They celebrate all the big players. And he set the tone in week one, as I said earlier, defeating the much-fancied Bengals. Now, Joe Burrow wasn't injured at that point, as far as we knew. Now, the calf <sighs> injury came out after that game, Nadji, but he was held for mm. 14 of 31 passes for just 82 yards. Jamar Chase, 5 for 39. And Joe Mixon, 13 carries for 56. So, week one, they stopped the run and they stopped the passing game. Now, I've focused on the Bengals, Nadji, because they were my Super Bowl tip. I don't think that's going to be happening this year. But oh, what's um, going on with them? The Browns held them to 2.6 yards per play and just six first downs. But where I'm focusing my efforts, Gareth, is the pass rush this year for the Browns has been unrelenting. They've been very good when you watch the tape. Swartz himself has been very clear. That's how he wants to play this year. According to next-gen stats, chaps, they've set a blitz on almost 30% of players this season. They've also brought at least six rushes after the passer on about 10% of their players. Now, we saw the New York Giants do this to Brock. And from what I remember, Chaps, Brock managed that all right. So that's what they're going to do on Sunday. Is that something at this point, before I go on, that you're worried about? Them overloading that front with six and bringing the pressure? Yeah, because they're going to do it way better than the Giants did. They've got much better players than the Giants did. Uh, yeah. I think they're very strong on defense. It's, I'm a little bit worried. Didn't we honest. just put 42 points on the number one ranked defense? We did. That's true. But I, I think they're a lot more well-balanced than the Cowboys were. I think the Cowboys' secondary is nowhere near as good as yeah. their secondary. Yeah. You know, Ward, Delpit, out of LSU, which is DBU, as people know. Thornhill, as the chief, has been very good since he's played. Greg Newsom has been... Very, very good. And Nicole. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sleep on this defense. I think they are very good. And Shelby Harris, you know, he's been a fall in our side for some times as well. He's always played well against us. And Zadarius so Smith, kind of hit and miss, but when he hits, it, he's very good. I, yeah, I'm a bit worried about it. Not and too much because it's Brock, but another Definitely reason to more than worry though Nadji you've, you've, you've mentioned some names there you've done your homework I like to see it buddy but what Schwartz <laughs> does different to Dallas 
is the move Garrett along that line. Gareth, he didn't just he's not just gonna go up against Trent Williams. They're gonna move him because like you've said then, Angie, they've got Zadaria Smith. They've also got a third pass rusher, which I've been trying to practice his name, but there's no Go chance on. I'm going to get this. Number six, Usa Kurami Jeremiah. <laughs> that's the best you're getting, chaps. But with those. Usu Karamoa. Well, yeah, that's right. That wasn't too bad. Could have got it worse. But what you'll find <laughs> that they move Garrett along to get the favourable matchup, but those other two have been eaten quite well. Um, this time last year, Garrett was double teamed 31.1% of the time, which was the highest rate in the league. It's dipped this year at 26.9 due to him being moved around. And Swartz has leaned heavily on those three. Um, looking at this. Now, you've mentioned, Najee, the backfield. And you stole a little bit of my thunder. So I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But basically, the pressure rate that they've got at the moment, they're fifth best in the NFL if you go off your next-gen stats which I'm not worried about, but it's something I think may be better than what Dallas did last week. Um, the Browns also rely heavily on the defensive backs to hold up more often in man coverage. So they're up to 53% this year, which is the sixth highest in the NFL. I'm smiling because Dallas tried man coverage and we all saw what Brock did. If you play man coverage against him, those intermediate throws in between the linebackers, in between the secondary is quite well. But they do have a talented cornerback trio that my esteemed colleague Nadji has alluded to. Um, Ward, Newsom, and the third-round pick, Martin Emerson Jr. And when the Browns have been in man coverage, the opposing QBs, as I said earlier, have the lowest QBR rate in the league, which it worries me a little bit because I think we've got a good front seven, but I think our cornerbacks aren't as good as Cleveland Browns, which I think is fair to say the young the dynamic that can smother on man coverage. Now, you mentioned his name, that Gene. I'm going to skip forward to Delpit. Now, mm-hmm. as soon as I saw he'd suffered an Achilles injury in 2020, straight away I had to read up on him. <laughs> and he actually has become better and better. Apparently, back end of last year, he started to show that flash of brilliance. But this season, he's been one of the top safeties in the AFC North. He leads the Browns with 21 tackles. He has Cleveland's only interception on the season, along with a fumble recovery. So that's a name to watch out for on on Sunday. We remember the watch party last year when a certain Isaiah Oliver picked off the QB for the and we were all a little bit groaning down in Leeds. Now, for all that the goods on the defense, Gareth, they've only forced three turnovers so far. The twentieth in the league with twelve sacks. But you could argue, and Jim Swartz has argued this because I chuckled when I watched his YouTube interview, he reckons they're only low down in that stat because they've been so good on getting the teams off the field on third down they haven't faced as many players as other teams in the league. I thought that was quite bullish. quite liked his approach. But for me, the defence is the strength of this team. I think we can't take them lightly. But if there's any team in the NFL that's going to march into another team stadium and say, number one defence, let's see what you've got. And that's where I'm ending my scouting report, Gareth. That's right. So I've got to say, yeah. Paul, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. A little bit disappointed because you've obviously spent a lot of time um, learning about Jim Swartz, yet you missed the most important piece of trivia <laughs> about Swartz. That should have been relevant to this podcast. Well, well, before we went live, you said, can we keep it short? So I had to skip yeah, over it. quite that's a fair it. bit. That's so, it. 
and you so, are the historian, and it's interactive. Uh, yeah, Jump in, I mean, tell me what I've missed. So I'll be honest. I mean, I, I, I thought it was well documented that um, <laughs> that Jim Swartz almost became the head coach of the 49ers back in 2005. He only lost, yeah, he only lost out to Mike Nolan, and the reason Mike Nolan got it because at the time Mike Nolan was regarded as the best defensive coordinator. And that was one of our weaknesses. So that's why they brought in Mike Nolan. Um, and Jim Swartz was basically the number two on the list. Had Mike said no. Did Jim... he end up he ended up going to the Lions? He did, didn't he? He was a head coach of the Lions. He did, for a yeah. While. That, so that's yeah. when he had the spat with uh, Jim Harbour. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that but is. Yeah, um, I thought you might have led with that one. Well, that is a fantastic piece of analysis. But some would argue that should have been in the history corner. Not in the scouting part of the defense, but I like to use like, well, I concur well, with two, two share, two share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely history corner, not scouting. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, thank you, Paul. Uh, good whip round of the uh, of the Browns. So, should we move on to the score predictions? Perhaps you can also on the score predictions give me a little bit of an idea of how do you think the game is going to go. Uh, where the game's going to be won and lost, who's going to have a big game. The Niners are, I, I had them as five-point favourites, and you look somewhere else and it's uh, six-point-five-point six favourites, which, to be honest, sounds a little bit better. Um, I think the only reason it's it's that low is the Browns are off a bye and at home. Uh, yeah, the end so, one yeah. that I've got as 42 as well. I think there are... I've got... Go... I've got 37. Yeah, I've got 37 and a half. Yeah. Ooh. Different betting people. Yeah. Mm, interesting. All right. And, and have you got the score predictions table? For uh, I do. Let me share it for the people that are watching. The there podcast people. There we go. Uh, who's, yep. who's still in the lead then? Is it Lee? Oh, it's either Lee or Paul. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter. Who, well, went, who went, first. went first? I think Lee went first yeah. last time. Yeah. So Paul is your turn first. Well, I'm just having a little look on my notepad, so it won't be surprising, Gareth. I'm going for a 49ers win. I'm going for a 32 to 13 victory on Sunday. Oh, fair enough. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. Lee, this one, <laughs> I am so tempted to go for a shutout. Oh, I am so That's tempted. Denting. Yeah, because you just look at the offense, but but then I think the way we've been scoring points, the way we scored points against Dallas, I, I think we're going to score a lot of points, and I think potentially we're going to end up sitting our starters again by the end of the third quarter. If that happens, then you can guarantee they're going to get some points in garbage time. You can guarantee that's mm. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I won't go for the <laughs> shutout. So I am going to go. Obviously, obviously, I'm going to go for a Niners win. Goes without saying, okay. and hopefully, we finally break this jinx. That this pretend jinx is <laughs> yeah. not really a jinx. It's not a jinx. No. So I'm going to go with a score of thirty-seven to seven. It's respect on that defense. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking going much much higher than that because I, I think yeah. this could be a cricket score. <laughs> All right, uh, it's my turn. I'm going to go for a 49ers win. I do think the defense is actually very good, but I can't predict less than 30 because that would be stupid. So I'm going to go 30 to... Uh, I've been um and between 17 and 14 and 10. 
I'm going to 14. I think that's a couple of touchdowns. One on garbage time. I think that's fair enough. Uh, when the game is already said and done. So down to down to me. I've uh, yeah. yeah. I think this is this is a tricky one because you look at the uh, you look at their offense and the way they've been playing, and you think they're not going to be spending a lot of time on the field. I think no, no matter how good their defense is going to be, um, I think their defense is going to be spending a lot of minutes on the field. And as we've seen before, eventually Shanahan will find a way around. Uh, I'm going to go for possibly a little bit conservative, but I think that's that's showing some respect. To uh, uh to the Browns' defensive line, um, it's a thirty-one to nine Niners win. Thirty-one to nine, very yeah. interesting. I think okay. be, uh, I can see them getting some field goals. I can see them moving the ball, but I just can't see them getting in a getting in the end zone. Very interesting. All right. And do, you, do you have some uh, bold predictions for for a player performance? I, I'm happy to go first on this one since I went last for the predictions. I think uh, Nancy said it earlier in the show. I thought you'd be looking at my notes. The uh, the huff has been a little bit quiet in the last few oh. games, so I'm going for two interceptions for Huff, including a pick Ooh. six, uh, and he's also going to sneak in with a snack as, uh, with a snack with a sack <laughs> as well. He, he will be snapping <laughs> on PJ Walker. Would, would that be a Snickers? <laughs> It was <laughs> sneakers, yeah. Uh, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with half, but since you've done it, I'm gonna have to pivot. Um, let's say that Javon Hargrave is going to have a strip sack, fumble, touchdown recovery uh, in this game. Um, I'm not sure that's super bold. Then let's make that one of those and and one sack. So two sacks and one of those is a is a touchdown. Very nice. All right. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to, you know what I'm like anyway. I'm, I'm going to go bolder than bold can be. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Randy Gregory oh. is going to have a four sack game. <laughs> that, would be, that would be insane. That's cool. We, I like we, it. we haven't really talked about Randy, have we? So yeah, good good call on that one. Let's, let's see yeah. who else. We, we touched on it we, quickly. I uh, can't remember when, but yeah. I like it. It's fun. That's fun. We'll definitely look for one. Is he going to play? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Go on, last, go on last a bit of a curse. I'm listening to all you're thinking. This doesn't seem bold at all. So, last year <laughs> in Leeds, we were all chanting Debo Samuel's name. And I think that's going to continue this Sunday. And I think Debo gets two touchdowns. And I think he gets 150 yards. And I think it's the Debo Samuel game. Doesn't sound like 150 go yards. You've got to go with three. You got it right for George. you got to go with three. I want five, because that's what I said for George. So <laughs> yeah. I'll go in the middle. I'll meet you there and I'll say three. Now, I was going to say Nick Bosa three sacks, because I think I'm rocking 97 on Sunday. And I want to be celebrating. But I'll stick my neck out, as you said then, actually. Debo Samuel, three touchdowns, 150 yards. And we're all chatting. Well, um, Debo, um, Debo. How about let's have another prediction for the most jersey at a watch party? I've already said somebody asked on Facebook, I can't remember who it was. Um I think it's gonna be eighty five. Yeah. That would that would it's be, gonna be, be my, George. my number as well. You twenty three is kicking about in the chat. Yeah, but I think it's too recent. I think people haven't had time to buy the jersey. I mean I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, I think ninety seven will give them Give Kittler a yeah. good run. Yeah, I think I think it'll be 95, but, but 90, I, uh, 85, 97, 23. So, so Paul's going with 97 at the weekend. I'm going with 54. 
Ooh, so neither, yeah, so neither nice. one of us is wearing an 85 or a 23. Mm. I'm only I not wearing 54 because mine's a gold jersey lane. I've spent three weeks telling everyone to wear red and I can't rock up in a gold <laughs> jersey after that. So that's why I'm going yeah. yeah. <laughs> The only black jersey. <laughs> That'd be funny. I mean, I would have come with my 11 because I, I do love rocking my IU jersey because I'm usually the only one that has it. I really like that. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll be rocking me 54 with me newly ironed on captain's badge. Oh, very cool. Ooh. Very cool. Very good indeed. Speaking of very cool, uh, the absolute legends that are the 49ers fan engagement team will be over in London for the watch party. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about it. We've social media it. When I say we, I mean Paul um, has social media it. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on parting um, notes of advice from from, my, from any of you, really. I know Lee and Paul, my, myself and Nancy are sending our apologies, I believe. So Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, you have to yeah, stop the us. I'm sure you The Niners know. have just kind of sent an email to everyone, I guess, that has a ticket. Um, do you want to do, do it, Paul? Because you've got the email. I was going to hand over to Lee at this point because <laughs> I was a bit like, I've just seen it myself while we were doing the score predictions. I didn't know whether I mentioned it live on air or... So, so yeah, you, we might you, as well yeah, because gonna it's, say, yeah. you're gonna we're gonna get a bajillion question yeah. about it for sure. So yeah, might as well mention so it here. So the, the emails come through and it basically says that they've overbooked the venue to ensure that it's packed out. So even though you've registered for a ticket, you're still not guaranteed to get in. So it's first come, first serve. Get there as soon as possible. Obviously, for all those people who are going to um, the game up at Tottenham, that's going to be difficult for them to get in before all the rest of us. So it's just a case of get there as soon as possible. Um, I'm aiming to get there for 2 o'clock, hopefully. I, I need to have a word with uh, Neil Graham because I think he's booking the table for 2 o'clock, which is a little bit too late in the afternoon. So I'll have to tell him to change that. Um, but, yeah, get there as soon as possible. I think the venue is going to be open from 11 o'clock on the morning anyway. So you can just get in. So what you're telling me is I have to get off the train at King's Cross at 12.55 and just get to the venue to make sure I'm guaranteed entry. That'll do for yeah. me. No, I mean, in line with what we've been saying is we, we do not think that all 500 tickets no, we don't. will show we don't. up. So I, I I don't know what the capacity of that place is, but I'm I'm sure it'll be... I mean, I'm, I'm saying I'm sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. So but, I think the capacity is 443. I know that is a really strange number. There's a reason. No, that makes sense. There's That's, a reason you know. I think it's 443 because the previous venue I know was definitely 400 capacity and that sold right. out. And what I've I've just seen this today in the group, somebody's gone on to buy a ticket and it says only 43 sold, but you can't get a ticket. Now the reason I think it says 43 sold is because the 43 was the additional capacity to the new venue, and then it sold yeah. out again. And that's why I think it's 443. So you're talking about 57 people who are going to be unlucky. But we already know that there's quite a few people who've turned around and said, we can't make it. And yeah, you can guarantee, getting, getting out of Tottenham, it takes ages. It takes a lifetime to get out of the Tottenham Stadium and get back into central London. Um, the game kicks off, I think, half two Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So that's not going to be finished till five, quarter past five, probably half five. So the people that are going to miss out, the people who's going to be at the game on Sunday, that, Which, those are the people who are going to miss yeah, out. Yeah, I'm going to say, I've already, the messages have started. So Gary Thorpe, 
who is a recent addition to the admin team, he's just put a, in the official Watch Party Facebook group, he's put a really important message that I just want to clarify. This is a 49ers event being managed by the 49ers. We're working closely with them. Like today, I was at work. I was trying to answer questions in between. Obviously, any news we get, like that's literally just dropped while we've been recording. And I can understand people are nervous. I mean, I live in the northeast of England. I'm travelling down. But that was part of the reason why I booked my train to get into London for one o'clock. Because like you said, Lee, we always tend to get to the venue early and make sure we're there to assist. But it's not ideal to have that dropped on what? Wednesday night when we're recording, but you could argue they've given everyone enough notice. But for those people who got in the Tottenham game, it's it's a little bit it's going to be tight, isn't it? Yeah, it's worrying. It's, it's you know, it'll, it is what it is. We don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> no, exactly. But it was a it's a timely uh, email, I think, that came through while we were recording. It, so yeah, for that it moment. also could just be one of those lines that they put on an email to just make. It, if whatever reason it's for when you turn up, you don't, you know, it's it's just to cover your bum, as they say. Well, that's um, it. They, they, it doesn't uh, mean, it might not mean anything. They want it to be a success, and I can fully understand now they want it packed and want to yeah. use whatever um, encouragement they can to make sure that the watch party looks successful. Particularly, well, that, that, you know, the, guy, the guys who organise it have got bosses back in Santa Clara, so... Yeah. Uh, let's put this way the nfc championship game we sold 450 tickets and there was about 230 people turned up yeah i was going to say cool. as well the event in leeds cast your minds back we were worried this was going to happen in leeds and we spent yeah. weeks telling people to get to leeds early we got to the box um the media company was there sky sports were there we set up and like you said lee the bar was welcoming and that venue wasn't full and what was reassuring was the door staff were turning people away for the Premier League games, a few messages I've had, Gareth, for about the World Cup rugby game. The venue has been booked for a 49ers watch party. 5pm, it's 49ers. Whatever's on in the bar before that will be switched off because that's what they did in Leeds. So that reassures me. The fact that we've got a ticket, and like you said, we'll be in London. It's just um, a little bit strange that we've literally just got this yes. news live while we were recording. Hmm. Anyway, it was good to uh, to cover that. But uh, the game day threads will be going. I think me and Nadji will be possibly mm-hmm. curating those. Um, <laughs> Just I'll, you I'll and me. Discord. You made a big uh, you made a big push for how good the Discord was. So I think very I'll, good. I'll, uh, I'll dust it off, dust off the app from my phone. Um, haven't used it, I think, since last season. So uh, I might dip into the, into the Discord. Um, I'm you not, not using it. Quiet, but you know, quality, not quantity. I think. Yeah, I think I think it'll definitely be a more quiet and chill down listen, especially that I'm working, so I might not even be that active on it. <laughs> so. That's all right. I will I will give it a check. It's a six pm game, so six pm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll I'm a bit more and the uh, uh, brain's still working at that sort of time. Fantastic, yeah. thanks, guys. Uh, have you got anything else on the game? Thank you. Um, no, I think no. we've covered it all. So fantastic! Thanks for joining me, lads, and thanks to everyone who does listen and watch the show. Uh, thanks also for the uh, kind comments and feedback um on behalf of all of us we really do appreciate uh, a few messages and and likes um yeah it's it's nice we enjoy it uh, the podcast will be back next week hangovers and voices permitting uh, and we will be digesting the browns game and the watch party uh, and if you are making it down to london i can i can practically guarantee you'll have a good time um and i can i can absolutely definitely guarantee you're going to make some new friends 
have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the watch party. And go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, down again. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.